Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I am your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 77 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I could not be more excited to continue talking with you guys about personal finance topics that I think can be really helpful to you in your long-term financial journey. Today, what we're going to talk about are seven things that you should never hear come out of your financial advisor's mouth. And if you do hear these things come out of your financial advisor's mouth, you need to run. My whole goal today is to help you to realize the red flags, realize the things um, that come out of somebody's mouth that you really, um, it it really reveals what they are all about. It really reveals uh, what they really think about what they're doing, about the the job that they're doing, about um, how they think about investing your money for you, how they think about Uh, your relationship with them. And so if you hear any of these seven things that we're going to talk about today, you should run. uh, Because again, as we've talked about yesterday, financial advisors, you should treat them like your employees. If they're not doing what's best for you, uh, then you should move on. And so uh, we want to make sure that they are doing what's best for us. And sometimes simply the words that come out of their mouth can be indicative of things that are non-starters for us as investors. Before we get started though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments uh, as we move through this video. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, then make sure that you subscribe there and leave me a review. Also, follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. Um, and I'm on all the major social media sites and I think that's a good follow for you. Also, if you are interested in doing one-on-one financial coaching with me personally, uh, and we can do all this on Zoom, online, you know, this new uh, world that we live in. So it doesn't matter where you are, we can do this. Uh, go to my website, uh, www.mnowithdylan.com. Click on the Work with Dylan tab, and we can begin working together and building you a plan that will help you walk your way into financial freedom in the long term. So yesterday, you know, I went over a lot of the things that you should be asking, those 10 things that you should be asking to any financial advisor before you ever determine that you want to do business with them, before you ever let them invest your money, before you ever, uh, you know, sign on the dotted line. And today is kind of a supplemental resource to that video in the fact that those are things that you should ask and you should be looking for certain answers. But there are certain things that advisors may just say that are not prompted by you, but are things that they say and it's part of their spiel. And if they say it, then you need to be out of the door real quick and you need to make sure that you don't ever do business with these individuals because if you do, uh, then it is, you know, been proven time and time, time again. It has been proven time and time again that um, these particular things end up leading to um, issues with your money not being invested how you want it to, uh, the uh, returns and the philosophy that they're using are, are not uh, what you're looking for, and that your ideologies and theirs are not as aligned as you really thought they were. And maybe they were just trying to sell you instead of trying to be a teacher and uh, somebody who is helping you to gain knowledge in the field of personal finance and investing. So as we know, again, I'm not telling everybody to go get a financial advisor. Uh, There's a lot of people who don't need them. um, And there's a lot of people who uh, can do the things themselves um, and don't have to um, pay money to have somebody else help them out, Um, even though they can be helpful. But we should be looking for those who are there to teach us and help us execute, not those who are trying to sell us anything. So let's jump into the seven things 
that you should never hear come out of your financial advisor's mouth. So the first one is, I know what's going to happen. It's for sure. I know the future. I know that in the future, this is going to happen. And in the future, blah, 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 blah. Anybody who thinks that they can determine what the future is going to be is wrong. Okay. They may guess right. Okay. They may have good guesses and they may have good educated guesses, but they should not be relying on their ability to forecast the future to invest your money. Far too many individuals have thought over time that they know exactly what's going to happen in the future and invest their money in a given way and they get burned. And I don't want you to be in that camp of an individual who gets burned because they entrusted someone who uh, was just so sure that something was going to happen and so sure uh, that an election was going to turn out a certain way or so sure uh, that a particular policy uh, was going to turn out a way or that a company's earnings were going to turn out a way. Um, any of those types of things that they just say, oh, it's, it's a done deal. It's, it's you know, I, I know that, you know, in the future, this stock is going to explode or this type of company is going to explode or I, I know they don't know. Okay. That, that's what I'm really getting down to is they do not know. And that may be hard to hear because you're trying to go to somebody who uh, has more knowledge than you. That That's fine. That's That's a perfectly good thing to do. But Individuals who can properly forecast the future um, are very few and far between, and especially those who um, are guaranteeing you that something is going to occur that there's no way for them to know. Like, how, how should you know that another president is going to be elected? You know, how should you know that a certain policy is going to pass unless, you know, th- news has come out that the policy will likely pass? You know, how, how should you know uh, that you know a particular stock is going to explode. How should you know those things? And unless you that individual has done the analysis and they can show you analysis and how um, the you know they've determined certain things, then that's okay. But they should never say that they know that they don't know anything. They don't know the future. Okay, they don't know anything about the future. And I want to be clear that anybody who says that they can determine that should not be somebody that you should be working for uh, because the future is far too uncertain, far too variable. Um, We should not be investing based on what we think is going to happen in a year. We we should not be investing based on what we think is going to happen in five years. We should be investing based on the historical long-term returns, how things have historically worked out what we are looking forward to, right? So the fact that you can look forward doesn't mean that you know what's going to happen in the future. We don't know who the future presidents are going to be or what the future policies are going to be or, um, you know, what certain companies are going to come out of the blue and have technologies like nobody else. And we don't know that. And the fact that we don't know that should inform our investing decisions, And that's what you need to have for, this is what it really boils down to. You need to have a financial advisor who has some humility, knows that there are certain things that they don't know and they can, um, you know, continue along that way with you because there are things that you don't know. So uh, they don't know the future. They should not be trying to sell you on the fact that they know the future. And if they are just dead set that they do, you need to be out the door, run, get away. Now, the second one of these seven things that you should never hear come out of your advisor's mouth is probably my favorite, 
And this thing is the no risk uh, argument, right? It is the, this, oh, there's no risk involved. This is, this is not risky. There's no risk. That's crap, okay? There is risk inherent to all investing. There's risk inherent to everything you do investing-wise. And for somebody to say there is no risk is naive and incorrect, right? There is always risk involved because as we have talked about previously, risk and return go hand in hand. So if you have somebody that's trying to tell you that you're not going to take on any risk, yet you are going to get market returns, you're going to get S&P 500 type returns or you know NASDAQ returns or something like that, and yet you're not going to take on any risk, that's insincere and incorrect. I want you to know that you have to take on certain risks when investing. It is just inherent to investing. And I understand that some of you out there don't want to overdo the risk that you're taking. That's perfectly fine. We all have different risk tolerances. That makes sense. But at the same time, don't be expecting market type returns if you're not taking market type risk. Okay. And there are advisors that will tell you that you can get market type returns without market type risk. And it's insincere. It's incorrect because risk and return over the long term have a direct correlation with one another. The riskier a particular type of investment is, the more uh, return that particular investment has. And, and when I'm saying risk, I'm saying the variation of their returns over time. And uh, this has been proven time and time again to be true. This is a tenant of finance. And so anybody who says you're not going to take on any risk when you go to invest um, is not correct and you should not listen to them. You should be out the door so quick with a cloud of dust behind you because this particular idea that you can take no risk um, is absurd. And so don't, don't ever trust anyone who is trying to tell you that you're not going to take on risk. In some proportion, you are going to take on risk, period, point blank, end of story. And then the third thing that you should run from if you hear a financial advisor say it is the, it's an economic certainty. There's no question that this is, this is just, you know, a steal. Nobody knows this. This is proprietary. This is something that uh, you're guaranteed to make money on, no question, but nobody's doing this, so you need to act now. You need to, to go ahead because it's for sure. It's, it's no question about it. The, all those things that I just said sounded like you running out of the door, okay? Because this is not something that you should hear from your financial advisor. And a, a particular way that this is um, sold in a, in a lot of cases um, one argument is like the inflation hedge, right? They make the inflation argument and go, oh, do you want the value of your money eaten up by inflation uh, and all these things? And they'll get people into you know, alternative investment choices like commodities and things that they don't really understand and things that they really shouldn't be invested in in the first place. The problem here is that they play on the fear of their clients. They play on the, the client's fear of losing money and... Uh, when they play on those fears, then they can end up selling things that they want to sell. And this kind of goes back to uh, what we talked about yesterday with you want to make sure that your investment philosophy and their investment philosophy are in line. And you want to make sure that they are not making commissions on the things that they are selling because why would they be trying to push you towards something if there was no incentive for them to do so? Um, so we want to make sure that that is not the case um, that way we can, uh, you know, look and make sure that they're not going to say something crazy like 
this is an economic certainty. This is a, a get rich quick. You're going to uh, you know, make 100% returns within the year. If they're giving you crazy return predictions or crazy return expectations and, and it just doesn't sound right, then it's probably not right. Uh, you know, there's, there's that whole thing that, you know, if, if you don't feel right in your gut, right, if you don't have a good feeling about something, that's probably not something you need to be doing. You need to be doing things that feel right to you, that sound right, uh, that, that make sense, because you don't want to jump into, thing, into things that don't make sense and that you can't explain to yourself. Honestly, investment advisors and financial advisors should not be uh, explaining things to you in any way that they can't explain them uh, to a, a five-year-old or a 10-year-old. It should be uh, that straightforward and that simple, and you should be able to understand what they are trying to tell you. Um, and anybody who's trying to make you make a knee-jerk reaction towards something uh, because something is an economic certainty of occurring um, and that you should be scared and you should, you know, freak out because they know that this thing's going to occur. And, you know, but if you take this advantage, then, oh, you're going to get real rich real fast. Then it, that's just, it's crap. It's not something that, that you should be taking part in. And it's definitely not something you should ever hear come out of the mouth of your financial advisor. Now, this fourth thing that you should never hear come out of the mouth of your advisor is that oh, this plan work can work for you and it, it works for them and it works for them and it, it really, it can work for anybody. This plan can work for anybody. That's not what you want to hear. Everybody's life situation is a little bit different. Everybody's ability to take on risk is a little different. Everybody's return expectations are a little bit different. Everybody's need for income, everybody's time horizon, everybody, everybody's situation is a little bit different. And that fact alone tells you that plans are not one size fit all. Somebody's investment philosophy for you should not be one size fit all. It should not be something that, you know, a 26 year old person and a, you know, 63 year old person are being invested in the same way. That should not be the case. Um, it, unless that works exactly in the way that they have, you know, their risk tolerances and everything you know, works all together. But if you have somebody who's just putting people into these one size fits all situations, uh, then that is once again, insincere and incorrect because one size does not fit all when you are investing. One size does not fit everybody when it comes to risk. One size does not fit everybody when it comes to return and its ability to create income and its ability to create dividends and interest on bonds and, and things like that. Not everybody needs to have the same setup. Now, that's not to say that advisors cannot use similar ideologies when dealing with different clients, but they should know that the needs of the clients come first. Therefore, the one-size-fits-all plan is not what they should be going for. And not only should they not begin you with a one-size-fits-all, they should not allow whatever they begin you in as far as investing to remain stagnant when your life does not remain stagnant. And so what, what do I mean? Like your outcomes in life, the things that go on, the uncertainties, the job losses, the medical bills, the, um, all the, the uncertainties of life that may impact the way that your money needs to be allocated, may impact the money that you need from your investments. 
And given that that is the case, that may impact how your investment allocation is done and how that advisor needs to be looking at your money. And if they don't change anything when you change, if they don't change anything when your situation changes, then something is wrong. If everything's just remaining stagnant as you are changing, then something is not working out right. Uh, there should be more communication than that and there should be uh, more willingness to adjust. I'm not saying completely change ideologies. I'm not saying change philosophies when something changes in your life. I'm just saying you may need to make adjustments that help fit this particular place in life that somebody is in. And if they fail to make these adjustments and just think that they can just move along in the particular plan that they already had set forth, then that is not going to work. That is not what we want over the long term. So anytime that you're hearing that you know this plan works for everybody, it doesn't. It's wrong. This doesn't work. Um, the, the things that, that you just want to put everybody in, like I am a hundred percent a fan of just, if I could just put all my money in an S and P 500 index and just let it ride, like that's something that I think a lot of people can do. And a lot of people would be okay with, uh, but that does not mean that's what's best for everybody. That is not the risk and return allocation that is best for everybody. That's not the asset allocation or the diversification needs that are, that are right for everybody. Um, and given that that is the fact, then everybody shouldn't do it. Uh, even something that simple and that useful over the long term is not something that everyone uh, should be doing. So um, just make sure that your advisor is on board with that too. And, and the fact that that's, there is no one size fit all. There is no one way that everyone should be investing. Um, and that as your life changes, uh, then you should adjust your plan to meet the needs of your life. Then the fifth thing that shouldn't come out of your financial advisor's mouth um, is something that kind of gets on my nerves. And it is, you shouldn't hear these words. You shouldn't hear, why are you looking for a second opinion? Why are you going to another advisor? They should not be threatened by the likelihood of competition, right? They should be secure enough in what they're doing. They should know uh, that, you know, especially if you're interviewing advisors, as I think you should, I think you should go to multiple advisors if you're looking for one and see what they have to say, ask them the questions like we talked about yesterday, see what's on their mind, see what's going on. Um, and you may tell one of them or all of them that you are going to meet with other advisors uh, before you make a decision. And if they say something along the lines of, well, why are you meeting with anyone else? Then that's an issue. That's a problem. That is um, something that you don't want in your financial advisor. They should not be threatened by the thought of competition. They should not be threatened by the idea that you want to fill out all of your options. Because if they feel that way up front, how are they going to feel when you want to change investment allocations? How are, you, how are they going to feel when you don't necessarily agree with what they want to do with your money and you tell them to do something different? Are they going to be open to that idea? Or are they going to be um, arrogant about that? Or are they going to you know, feel like, you know, well, I know what's better for you than you do, or things like that, right? We don't want that in our financial advisor. Advisors should be willing to make the, the big statement that, you know, they don't know everything and that there are things that they are better at than um, others, but they should also be in a place where they go, okay, I trust that I can do what's best for this individual. And if they go see other people, that's fine. Uh, but you don't want somebody who's so uh, controlling and manipulative of what you do 
um, that they don't even want you to go meet with anybody else to get a second opinion. Uh, so th that's just not something we want in a financial advisor and you would cross them off of the list almost immediately. Now this one is a huge, huge, huge deal uh, that you should not uh, trust a financial advisor when you hear this come out of their mouth. And this is, the fees are too complicated, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> That's a problem. That is a huge, huge problem. Because first of all, assuming that you wouldn't understand is crazy, right? They're, they're saying you're not very smart, first of all. Uh, but not only are they saying you're not very smart, they're also saying that you know within that statement, there are things in there that I don't necessarily want to tell you and I don't necessarily want you to know about or else uh, you would not want to invest your money here. You would not want me to help you and work with you because we talked yesterday about um, looking for advisors who have a particular um, you know, structure of payment that is fee-based, right? And not commission-based uh, and that the fees need to be reasonable and that the custodian of the funds could also have some type of fee and so what we wanted to make sure of was that we can minimize those fees um, as much as possible and that there's not anything hidden and anything really weird because it is required that advisors give you their fee schedules, 100% required. Now that doesn't mean they have to go line by line and tell you absolutely everything, but it is required that they give them to you. And those things to somebody who doesn't know and really doesn't know, they may look and not know exactly what they're looking at. And if an advisor is not willing to go through line by line and say, this is exactly what this is, this is exactly how much you'll pay, this is what your all-in costs will look like, things like that, they're not worth their salt. And anybody who doesn't think that you are smart enough to understand some basic percentages, um, or e even if you really wouldn't understand, if it is that complicated, if it is so complicated that they can't explain it to you, then that's a problem, right? Uh, we need fee structures that are very simple, very straightforward, and that would make a lot of sense to anybody. Again, we want financial advisors who can speak to five and 10 year olds, not um, th they're trying to speak at a PhD level. What you want when you're talking about fees with, with an advisor are straightforward answers that are simple, that answer your question completely, and that leave no doubt as to what will go on with your money and how your money um, will be, um, you know, paying them over time as they provide this service for you. And then the last thing, and this kind of builds on a couple of things I've talked about already, but this last thing that I want you to make sure that an advisor never says or else you're out the door is, I know everything. I know everything about this subject. I know everything about that. I know all, all that it, there is to know. I, you know, nobody knows more than me, all of these types of things, right? And the reason is, I'm okay with an advisor not knowing everything. And here's why. Because their willingness to help you and their willingness to find out is what's telling, not that they know everything. Yes, you want them to have a certain knowledge base. That's completely understandable. But especially if there's some type of tax question, especially if there's something uh, that is very nuanced and weird and not common, uh, then you shouldn't expect an advisor to know absolutely everything. Um, so have an advisor that is willing to say, I don't know. Have an advisor that is willing 
to say, I don't know, but I will help you to find out. I will talk to these other individuals I know who may know a little better than I do about this, and I'll be able to help you. Again, what do we want? We want a financial advisor that has the heart of a teacher, that has the disposition of teaching and educating, not somebody who is out here just selling and being arrogant and trying to prove to you that, that they're the top dog. That's not what we want. We want somebody who is humble enough to say, I don't know, and somebody who will sit down with you and say, hey, even though I don't know this, I can definitely help you find out, and we can look and we can learn together. And then from there on, that advisor is better equipped to answer those types of questions for other clients as well. Um, and even though that doesn't benefit you as a client directly, um, it, sh it should help you know that this individual is willing to learn, this individual is willing to grow with me, and that's fine. But like I said, there should be some basic things that advisors do know, uh, but none of them know everything. None of them know all that there is to know. And so it, you know, if they do act like they do, that is just gonna be even more dangerous for you because then they're probably going to give you wrong answers in a lot of cases because if somebody thinks they know everything and they want to prove to you that they do, then they may tell you things that just don't work out well for you. Like, you know, if an advisor doesn't know when the uh, distributions from a 401k can begin that are penalty free uh, at age 55, by the way, and they say that it's the same as an IRA at 59 and a half, then your whole um, strategy and your whole um, decision on retiring may change completely if they don't know some of those uh, more basic things or can't find them and get on them really quickly. Uh, but the arrogant ones may tell you the wrong thing um, and leave you in a place where you made the wrong decision because of something and somebody you trusted uh, being too arrogant and not having the humility to find the answer and, and say that I don't know. You should hear that from time to time from your advisor, but just make sure it's not on the big things and not on the things that you're like, well, you you should know that. Like if you ask them what their fee structure is and they go, well, you know, I, I don't know. Or how much does the custodian charge in fees? And they go, I don't know. You should be out the door too. So at the end of the day, I just want you guys to be careful and to know the things that when they come out of an advisor's mouth, that those are not good things. And they're not things that you should be um, looking for in somebody that you are trusting to help you with your financial situation. Because your financial situation is extremely personal. It's something that is emotional and you know, it's heavily tied to our emotions. And we should um, you know, have somebody that we trust and somebody that um, you know, not only says the right things, but proves it, does the right things. And we should have a relationship with this person. This shouldn't be somebody that we just meet with one time a year and you know, then we'll meet with them next year. No, I mean, you should meet with them multiple times a year, maybe have some phone calls, maybe meet in person, maybe on Zoom, whatever it may be, um, and have a relationship with this person. Because if this is going to be your point person and somebody who you are trusting to teach you and educate you and uh, help you execute your financial plan over the long term, uh, then that it will be really bad if this individual... Uh, is the type of individual that we don't want as a financial advisor or one that is going to say some of the things that we heard uh, shouldn't be said by an advisor in today's episode. So hey guys, don't forget to subscribe to the channel down below. Like this video. Leave me any feedback in the comments if you haven't already. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, then please subscribe and leave me a review. Uh, go follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. I'm on all the major social media platforms. Uh, and then if you want to work one-on-one -on -one with me in financial coaching and you want me to help you build a plan that would work best for you on paying off debt or saving 
um, up money or, uh, you know, helping you get your house paid off early or, or, you know, what should I be looking for as far as, um, you know, the investment ideology that I have? How should I, you know, determine what amount do I invest? How do I budget? All these different types of things. What is my, you know, is my insurance coverage good enough for what I have going on? All of these things, um, if you have any issues there and you want to work one-on-one -on -one and create a financial plan that would work for you in the long term, then uh, just go to my website, www.mnowithdylan.com. Click on the Work With Dylan tab and pick the financial coaching session type that would work best for you. So tune in tomorrow as I talk about active versus passive funds and active versus passive investing, what they are, what they mean, and which one is more beneficial to you over the long term. So thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.